Good morning, churches. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegaard, blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford Salisbury Center in Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, we recognize miracles, and we celebrate miracles together. I just want to uh, make a couple announcements this morning. Well, actually, one. Um, November is quickly coming, and we're going to have Veterans Day coming up. So what I'd like to do is if you have some veterans you want to recognize and honor, just email them to me, Pastor Mark H, all one word, Pastor Mark H at AOL.com. Send me the pictures and their name, and I will get them um, posted up on Facebook for Veterans Day. So, that'll be excited. We had a really good turnout last year. They had to be close to 100. So, I'm looking forward to another uh, great turnout. Thank you. This morning's memory verse comes from John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to be able to come and worship you, whether we're sitting at home listening to the podcast or whether we're sitting in church uh, with people, Lord. We respect all boundaries. If if uh, people are worried about coming into the church, Father God, I ask that you would bless them and that the Holy Spirit would not just settle on the church inside, but on those people that are hearing this message today. So, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We pray that you would bless us that you would give us your presence today as we hear your word. Amen. This morning's call to worship reads this way. This is a day for new beginnings. This is a time for God's appearing. This is a moment of faithful response. Praise God in the assembly of the faithful. Praise God for life enriched by love. This is the hour to wake from our sleep. Let the energy of God's love fill this place. Here, we become the Church of Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 13, and Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 16. We begin with John 1, 1 through 13. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what is his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, 
who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. Amen. And now we read Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now, brothers and sisters, we move to our joys and concerns. Obviously, those of you who are at home have no excuse. You can scream out names. You can scream out circumstances. Scream out your fears, your anxieties. Um, anything you might be going through with, with the doctor. Your neighbor, don't yell too loud. Your neighbor might hear it. But if you have a problem with your neighbor, you might want to just whisper that one. But um, just yell it right out. Yell it out. The Lord already knows what it is. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you today with joys, the sunrise, the, the beautiful leaves, our family, our neighbors, our community. We have so many things to be thankful for. But as you know, Lord, we also have concerns. We have anxieties that we face. We have fear of this pandemic. We have fear of riots and where our country's going today and where it's going to be tomorrow. I believe your word says 365 times, do not be afraid. Yet we're flesh, Lord. And just like the apostles, your disciples, they experience fear too. Forgive us for that, Lord. Forgive us for being fearful. But Lord, that doesn't change our faith in you. We trust you. We love you. We thank you for so many things that you've done for us and so many things that you have planned to do for us. We thank you for the blessings. We thank you for the joy of our salvation. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice he made on the cross so that all of us may live in eternity, all those who have accepted him, of course. So we praise you, Father God, and again, we ask you to be with us here today as we bring you the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The title of this morning's message is, What's in Your Cup? What's in your cup? We've been discussing mankind's calling to be God's image bearers for several weeks now. Last week we took a pause and reflected on remembering that God was in charge, that God did not forsake us, and that God was in control through every emergency we faced as a nation. We all agreed with the reminder, God's got this. And I was pleased with how many People repeated that to me throughout the week as, as things were happening in their lives. We agreed to make that the response to all the challenges we face in the flesh and to let others see our faith in response to those challenges. Well, of course, as it normally goes, it makes a perfect segue to today's message of reflecting the light and love of Jesus to all we encounter. In Scripture this morning, we read that John himself was not the light, 
but he came to testify to the light. The true light, of course, was and still is Jesus. Jesus is our light. He is our lighthouse. And speaking of lighthouses, there's a classic lighthouse story written by a naval officer named Frank Koch. I'd like to share that with you this morning. The story goes this way. A battleship had been at sea on its routine maneuvers under heavy weather for days. The captain, who was worried about the deteriorating weather conditions, stayed on the bridge to keep an eye on all the activities. One night, the lookout on the bridge suddenly shouted, Captain, a light bearing on the starboard bow. Is it stationary or moving astern? The captain asked. The lookout replied that it was stationary. This meant the battleship was on a dangerous collision course with the other ship. The captain immediately ordered his signalman to signal to the ship. We are on a collision course. I advise you to change course 20 degrees east. Back came a response from the other ship. You change course 20 degrees west. Agitated by the arrogance of the response, the captain asked his signalman to shoot out another message. I am a captain. You change course 20 degrees east. Back came the second response. I am a second-class seaman. You had still better change course 20 degrees west. The captain was furious this time. He shouted to the signalman to send back a final message. I am a battlefield. Change course 20 degrees east right now. Back came the flashing response. I am a lighthouse. The captain duly changed course. I, I have to admit that I've been the captain in this story many times in my life. There have been times where I've, I've read a passage in my Bible or heard a Sunday sermon and tried to ignore it or, or change it to meet my needs or my desires. Instead of allowing the word to change me, I found myself trying to change the word to suit me. And isn't that the main reason our beloved United Methodist Church is going through this struggle and facing a split? One side, like the captain, is offended by the instructions they receive and they demand that the word bends to their will. While the other side believes the word and desires to follow its direction to the to the best of their ability, recognizing the authority of the one speaking. And much like the captain in the story, I found myself being inconvenienced by the lighthouse, and I looked for ways to make it easier on myself. I guess you could say I was stubborn. And it's funny, looking back, I can't remember a single time that that ever worked out well for me. So we are called to reflect the light of Jesus. Part of that reflection is to obey his word, even when we think it's an inconvenience. Sometimes we're quick to judge our own salvation and our own growth by our, by our attendance record on Sunday morning, or maybe how many charities we donate to, or possibly how many chicken dinners we volunteered for. But is that all there is? Sometimes there just doesn't seem to be enough time to feed the hungry or clothe the poor or to visit those in prison 
or to care for widows and orphans. I recently read a devotion from Blackaby International. It said, if you are a Christian, your life is not your own. Rather than dying, however, God asks you to live for him as a living sacrifice. Every day you are to offer your life to him for his service. You do not serve him in your spare time or with your leftover resources. And James 1.27 tells us, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. We are called to reflect the light of Jesus. And for those who may be thinking, I'm not talented enough, or I'm not educated enough, or whatever other excuse it keeps you from being the light and making a difference, think of this. If you want to know the power of one small light, try waking up with a light on in your room in the middle of the night. If you're anything like me, it wakes you up. You take notice. You end up focusing on and paying attention to the light. And it's hard to go back to sleep. And if you're still struggling with your ability, remember the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. It says that each was given property according to his ability. See, God has blessed each one of us with gifts and talents according to our abilities and his will to use in his kingdom work. We're called to use these gifts and talents to help others and reflect that light of Jesus. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 instructs us, like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. We spent last week remembering God's got this. This week we're reminded that God has provided each of us with the talents and gifts to bring him glory. So if we believe that and we believe God's got this, then we have to be able to declare, I've got this because God is on our side. Greater is he who is in me than he who was in the world, right? I would bet Peter said, I've got this, when he stepped out of the boat because he knew that Christ was on his side. See, we aren't called to serve Christ in our power. We're called to serve Christ in his power. We're called to be the light bearers of the world. And now is the time to shine our light as brightly as possible. The world is a mess right now, brothers and sisters. It needs us to boldly step up. It needs our light, the light that we reflect from our lighthouse, Jesus Christ. We need to decide to shine his light on a troubled world in whatever form that looks like. We need to seek guidance from the Holy Spirit. Is there a person in need of a smile or encouragement today? Is there someone who could use a phone call? 
Is there someone desperately in need of a good laugh or maybe even a good cry with a friend? We read the news. We hear the stories. We know we live in a fallen world. But we, we brothers and sisters, can make a difference in this dark world. I love what author Jamie Ivey wrote. She wrote, God calls you to use all your gifts, talents, and influence to serve others. Fight the lie that his or her talents are better than yours. Fight the lie that God doesn't use you for his kingdom. Take inventory of your life and prayerfully consider all the things God has given you to steward. Your gifts, talents, influence, power, and resources. You are meant to serve others with these. And she goes on, and you know what? The gifting that you love, it's meant to serve others. That gifting that you aren't sure is good enough, it's meant to serve others. I love what she wrote. I end today with a challenge that I read online. Imagine you are holding a cup of coffee when someone bumps into you. You spill your coffee everywhere. But why did you spill the coffee? You spilled the coffee because there was coffee in your cup. Had there been tea in your cup, you would have spilled tea. The point is, whatever is inside the cup is what will spill out. Therefore, when life comes along and shakes you or bumps into you, whatever is inside of you will come out. So we have to ask ourselves, what's inside of our cup? When life gets tough, what spills out? Is it anger? Is it bitterness? Or is it bad words? Or perhaps it's peace or humility or forgiveness. Remember how I've always said it's our reactions that give a true condition of our hearts. So how do we react to the world when it bumps into us and tries to upset us? Is it more of what the world offers or is it a reflection of Christ's love? Our challenge this week is to fill our cups with the love of Christ and reflect what he offers us in the world. Forgiveness, patience, kindness, and gentleness. We need to remember we are in the world, but not of the world. So let us spill the love of Christ as his light bearers instead of the hatred the world has witnessed in others. I found this prayer online and it tugged my heart. It reminds me to be more patient with people. It also reminds me that how I react to other people shows the true condition of my heart. A heart that is filled with the love of Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, your light divides the day from the night. Help us remember that the person who cut us off in traffic last night is a single mother who worked nine hours that day, and she's rushing home to cook dinner, help with homework, do the laundry, and then 
spend a few precious moments with her children. Help us to remember that that pierced, tattooed, disinterested young man who can't make change correctly is a worried 19-year-old college student balancing his fear over final exams with his fear of not getting his student loans for next semester. Remind us, Lord, that the scary-looking bum begging for money in the same spot every day who really ought to get a job is perhaps a slave to addictions that we can only imagine in our worst nightmares. Help us to remember that the old couple walking annoyingly slow through the store aisles and blocking our shopping progress are savoring this moment. Knowing that based on a doctor's report she got back last week, this may be the last year they ever go shopping together. Season our speech with love and grace. Help us to reflect the light of Jesus in all we say or do. Close the door of hate and open the door of love all over the world. Drive us far from all wrong desires. Incline our hearts to keep your law and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice and give you thanks and glory. Let us join this morning as one body, praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Hebrew ancestors offered the best of their flocks and crops to honor God. We bring symbols of our labor, dedicating them and ourselves to the love and care of God's creation. May our offerings today be a joyous expression of worship. I thank you, brothers and sisters, for your obedience throughout this summer and this crazy time of pandemic for um, offering your tithes and offerings to, to God Uh, through your church. So thank you and God bless all of you. Let us pray. May these offerings help to free your people from the darkness of the world, O God. May they help us unite us in a community of caring and sharing. May the love of your light shine through all our efforts to share your good news as we tend to the needs of your people. Keep us in the light when we are tempted to be lazy or take the easy way out. Help us to reflect the love and life of your Son, Jesus Christ, in all we do and say. In his precious name, amen. Make an effort to keep the bonds of peace with those around you today. Take some time to feel more peaceful and to rest your mind. Take some minutes to sit in silence, if possible, and direct your thoughts towards God's acceptance of you. And then be the light this week with all you meet. You may be the only chance they get to see Jesus. And now receive the benediction. 
And now may the majesty of the Father be the light by which you walk. May the compassion of the Son be the love by which you walk. And the presence of the Spirit be the power by which you walk. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Stay safe and stay in his word. God bless.